We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Alex Golden on setting the pace, and once again, Michael Flachie not here with us. So, if you'd like to send him a, a best of luck wishes, go ahead and send them to him because Tommy Shepard is fired, ladies and gentlemen. The Washington Wizards are on the hunt for a new GM, and could it be Michael J. Flachie? We don't know, he could be interviewing right now as we speak. But with that being said, we're here to talk Pacers basketball because this is setting the pace, a Pacers podcast. And I've got Carson, and he wanted to go first for this. so we're recording this still on his birthday, so birthday boy, I'm giving you the floor. Give me one player that you would trade for that is similar to Aaron Neesmith in terms of role, a.k.a. French starter. So only one player came to mind for this, and they came to mind in about five seconds, and that is Dorian Finney-Smith. Hey. Now, I had him on my list. I I was I jumped up and down when I was listening to uh, your pod. Was it for Monday, Alex? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, I I was I loved hearing Dorian Finney-Smith get some love on that podcast. I have watched uh, Dorian Finney-Smith or Doe. He goes by Doe, DFS, Dorian finney You can call him whatever you want. Uh, but I've been watching him since he was a sophomore, transferred to the University of Florida. And being the Mavs fan I am, I obviously loved him in Dallas. Um, he, I think, would – I think Rick Carlisle and him got along very well. Um, he's again, this is the third time I've talked about it, but he is like Pacers player to the T. Um, he might not have the same kind of like Lance Stevenson blue collar gold swagger, but he is a hard, uh, he gives, he plays with 110% every single night. Um, I think right now, if you were to place him on this roster, I think he's the best wing defender uh, on the roster. Yeah. And he, I mean, 
watching him guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in two straight playoff series and in the games, regular season games between uh, those two playoff series was phenomenal. He can guard, he can, he can play a small five. He can guard, so he, he can guard, I would say he can probably guard two through five um, and reasonably uh, three through five. So I think he's a great fit there. Um, before this season being shipped off in that Kyrie trade, he'd been a 39% uh, three-point shooter the last three seasons. So when he's playing with a point guard uh, who can hit the open man, um, I think he becomes a significantly better player. Um, and I think right now is also a great time to buy low. He really did not thrive in Brooklyn. They mm-hmm. have all these other uh, wings right now. And so I think this is a great time to kind of swoop in, see what you can get him for. He's on a phenomenal contract. He's making 13 and $14 million in the next two seasons. Uh, he even took a discount to stay in Dallas. Um, he's just like his whole life story in general is incredible. Um, but he's super hard worker, and I would love to see him on this Pacers team. So so what you're telling me is if I do a deep dive on Dorian Finney-Smith in the offseason before we make trades and stuff, you want to be on for that podcast to share his life story. I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Uh, you never know when Fachi's going to dip out on us. So yeah, that's uh, that'd be fun to do. And I, I actually really like Dorian Finney-Smith. I think I had him four on my on my top ten trade targets for this offseason. Honestly, he's not like the biggest name, but I do think that. Like you said, he's got zero points right now, and we're in the third quarter of Sixers Nets, and it's just like his role has has changed quite a bit. And I and one thing I brought up is just like him playing next to Luca. He's used to playing with that heliocentric guard, and I think Halliburton is the same type of, not the same player, but the same type of ball handler where he's going to get you involved, and if you're open and you're ready to shoot, like he's he's going to find you. So I think that. DFS is a perfect three and D type of guy. And I think the Pacers would be stupid to not try and get something uh, or go after him. I don't know what it's going to cost you. We've talked about this in the group chat before. It's you just, I don't know the cost, but I do think that it's worth looking at David. Give me a fringe starter that you're looking at. Yeah. For me, I went, uh, this was also kind of difficult for me, honestly, but I went with Sadiq Bay. I think that he's okay. someone that I looked for. I, I took Neesmith like almost maybe a little bit too literally, because I was like, I want someone who's I did the same thing, who's like young, who's underperformed maybe or recently underperformed, who could be had. Because like I mean, you have to think, you know, yeah, the, the Nets may be willing to give up DFS just because like he's not been super great there. Um, but a lot of these players that you're know, like French starters, they're up and coming. They're you know doing well. If they're thriving, well, why would they want to get? Why would their team want to trade them? And if they do, they probably want more than what we, what we want to give. Someone like Sadiq Bay, who since he's been in Atlanta, hasn't really done a lot. He's only started in seven games. He played 25. Um, at one point in 20 in 2021, he started every game the full season. So he was a starter, had a great year. And then the last two years has started to taper off a little bit. And so that could be that he's, you know, this is what he is, or it could just be, you know, it was the Pistons. The Pistons are terrible. So, you know, who, who knows? Um, but I'd be willing to take a shot on him. He's 6'7", um, and he's only 24 years old. So and also, I think he has two years on his contract and then, and then a qualifying offer uh, for the next for the third year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how that would work in terms of a trade and whatnot. Um, I, I would assume we just get that qualifying offer, right? But I'm not yeah. 100% sure about that. So, um, 
you know, it, it, he's not my, my other, my other, my other uh, name was someone that was going to be a free agent sooner. And so I was like, let's go with Sadiq Bay. Yeah, no. Sadiq Bay, he has uh, the club exercised his options up until 2024. So he'll be a restricted free agent in the summer of 2024. Okay, cool. So yeah. that's kind of what the qualifying offer is. It's like they can go into a restricted it's, it's free restricted, agency. So yes. Yeah. So, he, so he, he would, he'd have two years here and then. Correct. Oh, I think yeah, actually yeah. just one year, just one year. Oh, okay. Because he's okay. a restricted free agent in 2024. But yeah, that's a okay. that is definitely a very comparable player to Aaron Neesmith in terms of, you know, kind of not really like I looked at Aaron Neesmith's numbers last year with Boston. I think he had like three points a game, something like that. Like he just really yeah. didn't get a chance to see the floor. And I kind of thought the same thing. Like when I said fringe starter, like I think DFS is a pretty for sure starter. So that might be cheating a little bit uh, in terms of like finding some like on that level, Carson, just saying, cause I mean, I mean, I like him a lot. Don't get me wrong. I would love him here, but that is one of the things that is difficult to kind of project. Cause I do think he is a starter and you might say he could be fringe if like there's enough players on the roster, but I still just view him as on most teams, he's going to be one of your best five players or one that makes sense for your starting five where Sadiq Bay, like you said, David, he only started what seven games in Atlanta. So yeah, that's, that's unique. And I know we had a big game against the Pacers, two years ago where he went off for three. I think like he just had a bunch of threes had like 30 some points against us and he's capable of doing that, but he's very inconsistent. So does seem like a guy the Pacers could take a flyer on. And for me, this is probably the hardest question for me. Uh, when I was trying to find guys, I only could come up with one name <laughs> and I did this kind of quickly through my lunch, but I put a question, I put four question marks after the name when I wrote it down. <laughs> That's Moses Moody. I feel like, you know, yeah. and it, and you know that I like Moses Moody from the draft, but I'm just saying, like Golden State, what is their team going to look like? They've got a lot of question marks that they've got to answer, and I just feel like Moody is this guy that's kind of buried on a team that's trying to win now, and that's kind of similar to Neesmith. I think there's potential there. He's still got that seven foot wingspan. I feel like if he had been given a chance, like a Christy Duarte last season, or even even someone like. I'm not saying Nimhard, but that's that's tough. But even just someone like Wara, like him getting traded mm-hmm. to the Pacers gave him a much bigger role than he had with the Bucks. I think that he could have thrived in Indiana had he been drafted here first of all. But I just think defensively there is some upside there with his size. But we've seen flashes of him when he's played in Golden State. Like, man, he looks pretty good tonight. And then there's other nights here. He looks like a young player that just hasn't got a lot of consistent runs. So I, I still am a believer in Moses Moody. And that's why I put him for this one. But it was really tough because I still don't know if I would consider Moody a fringe starter. I think that'd be really hard for me to see him being a starter in yeah. on this Pacers team. But I was trying to look more at the Aaron Neesmith contract and kind of where his stats were at and, and compare those. Cause it's, it's tough to look at, but uh, Carson, any thoughts on the two guys we brought up? I really like the idea of Moses Moody. Um, honestly, this is going to sound kind of funny. If Golden State came to me today and said, you know what, we wanted Duarte in the draft, you stole him out from underneath our feet, I could see a uh, universe where that benefits both sides, where maybe Chris Duarte's time in Indy hasn't quite gone as expected after his uh, injuries, and then we draft another shooting guard, and then we have uh, we draft another point guard who also plays shooting guard, and but he played more than expected. So like I could kind of, and I know Moses Moody isn't, I think most Moody's six, six and Duarte's are, are they both six, six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Duarte might be six, five, but I don't, it's apples and oranges at this point. Right. Yeah. So I think it's not that they're that much different in terms of positions, but I could see like a, uh, 
an outcome where that would be do do I think it'll happen no uh, I don't yeah. know why it would but um I I just I like the idea of Moses Moody a lot and I, and he played really well in that um in the Western Conference finals last year actually he came in and gave Golden State true some really valuable minutes because it was against I remember because it was against Dallas and I've been like man I think if he can continue this uh, he'll be a contributing member of their team next season and then this season when he really is still kind of getting DNPs not seeing a lot of um, not a lot of playing time. I was a little shocked. Yeah, and there was a report in quotations out there that the young guys in Golden State are getting frustrated with their roles. Uh, we already saw them give up on James Wiseman as well, and he was a second overall pick, I believe, that year. Anthony Edwards went first, and then LaMelo went third, so it's like they gave up on him to basically get back Gary Payton, and you know, Sadiq Bey was in that trade. So Carson, real quick before I move to David and ask him about Moody, any love for Sadiq Bey? Are you out on Sadiq Bey? I'm not out on Sadiq Bey. I think he's a really intriguing prospect. Um, he's one of those guys who it's like you never know when he'll just light light it up. Did, if this, I might be remembering something way wrong, but did he not? When was it that he had he like he exploded against? Um, I don't even remember who it was against, but it was in, it was the Pacers. Was it against the Pacers? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like he had like. All these threes in the first half. He had like 25, 30 points almost in the first half against this. It was last year towards the end of the season. It was like March. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Like, I didn't so, care. But what I'm what I'm remembering is so he had he had 50, he had a 51 point game last okay. year. Yeah, that's what I'm remembering. It was, was that it was uh let's uh, maybe it was a good it was against the magic. And it was at the oh. end of the season. So it was one of those like probably throw away games but um but he can he can get the ball in the hoop he can and so light it like, up I, if if Sadiq Bay came to Indiana I would be like let's I would be all about it <laughs> yeah just because okay. he's a firecracker yeah he he's an intriguing player I think everybody would kind of be like okay let's see what this guy has I think that's how it's a good way to view this question like let's see what this guy has let's see what he's made up with the bigger role I mean it's worked for some guys. It's not worked for guys once they've been given that role and they've had to play that for a longer stretch. And it's kind of not look great, aka Jalen Smith. But uh, David, any thoughts on Moses Moody? I'd be interested in Moody just because of the age thing, right? He's yes. got, got a lot of good opportunity, and he's still so young. Mm. Not necessarily a position of need, but as as we're going to talk about in the next couple questions and in next couple uh, conversation pieces. Just because we have a lot of guards right now does not mean we're always going to have a lot of guards. Uh, that could change pretty rapidly if we make a big deal um, or sign a free agent and then end up having to move off some other players. So he's young. He's young enough. Now, the thing is, if he's if he's not happy in his role in Golden State, is he going to want to come to a, 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 uh, a team where he's going to be behind, potentially? Buddy Heald and and Benedict Matherin because he's not going to play the three probably really much. Maybe yeah. he would, I guess, but I mean he's six six. I I don't I don't know. Maybe he would play more three than I'm giving him credit for, but um, I wouldn't just outright go for him. But if we are making a deliberate move to get off some of our veterans and to trade people like Buddy Heald and some of the um, old guard. Uh, to make room for more playing time for younger players like Matherin and like a like a Mooney potentially, and I I can see that being a, a move we make to give him um, like a, a spot on the on the bench lineup. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. It's I I like Moses Moody a lot. I just I wish I had a bigger sample size to really know what he is for as sure. a player. And I think that's kind of like why this is such a tough question. But 
Let's go ahead and move on. I know, David, you asked me before we recorded if you could answer this one first. So, Carson, buckle up. Hold your horses, David. The old man's getting this question first. Yeah. Um, so, you want me no, to go sorry, ahead and you, you need to ask the question. No, I need you. to ask the question before I'm, you I'm so answer. excited. <laughs> um, give me one player that you'd give up a heavy amount of assets to trade for, and what are those assets? See, I asked you, I asked you to let me go first, but really, I don't want to go first. I want us all to go at the same time. Okay. So I'm going to count down from three, and we're all going to say our name. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. OG, OG and Anobi. Kill Bridges. Oh, okay. Come on, Carson. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> Carson's like, let's take every wing from the Nets. Hey, they have too all many. All three of them. Need... All three of them. We need we need balance in the world. No. Uh, OG and Anobi. Sorry, I don't want to steal your thunder, David. No, you, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. I just, I just. <laughs> Especially if if Lincoln was here, I think we would have three OG and an OBs, and I thought that, that maybe, was that was I thought maybe troll. we could have a. I, I do need to clarify that was a, that was a half troll. So okay. you do yeah, have OG or no? I kind of assume. Yes. Okay. okay. So, so I mean, obviously, this is like every Pacers fan's dream. Um, not I mean not every Pacers fan, but I mean, come on, most Pacers fans are either a fan of IU or Purdue. So I mean, there's a good chance that you watched OG play either way, whether you you're rooting against him or or rooting for him, um, and He's a perfect fit for this team in just about every way. Uh, I mean, he's not young, young, but he's not old. Is he like 27, somewhere around there? Um, I'll look he's it up 20, real quick. 25. I'm way off. He's 25. He'll, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be 26 in, in July, though. So coming up fairly soon. Um, but still, I mean, he's not he, by any means a veteran. Uh, so he still could get better. He still has some room to grow. He um, would, is, is basically a year younger uh, than Miles Turner, a little bit more than a year, but whatever. Um, then Miles Turner, so like he would fit in with that part of the team. So they'd be like the young, young guys, and then the you know 26, 27 year old guys, um, which is funny because they're all younger than me. Um, so that's like weird to say that they're not young because they are, but you know, in basketball terms. So you know, the defensive side of things, the playmaking with with a creator like Halliburton just is exciting to me. And I think that I th- I think that there's a decent chance that Toronto is going to make a big move. I, I don't know that. We, plenty of experts thought they were going to make a big move to blow things up at the trade deadline, and then they made the opposite move. So God only knows, maybe they won't. But if they do, I think he is one of two or three names that I'd be willing to give up um, significant tr- uh, draft capital and significant assets in terms of players even some players I really would hate to see go, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with seeing them go to get OG and Anobi. Carson, let's talk this out right here because I think we all are in agreement that OG and Anobi would change the trajectory of this team for a long time. And I think that even though he does have a player option for next year and he could opt out of it, to me, this is one thing I think we've kind of overlooked in our whole thing. Miles Turner only signed a two-year extension with the Pacers. And you know why that is? Because after those two years are up, that's when the salary cap is supposed to spike. Do mm-hmm. we think OG and Anobi is not going to opt into that player option when he could wait one more year yeah. and then wait for the salary cap to spike? This is on me for not really thinking about this. Like in the moment, I was just like, oh, he's got a player option. It's not worth the risk. But he could be here for at least two years. And what if he really likes what he's seeing with Halliburton, with Turner, and with the growth of Benedict Mather? This is where it gets really, que- really difficult to answer this question. But if you're the GM of the Pacers, Carson, and this is your 
let's let's work our way up to it, but this is your first offer just to get Toronto at least a little bit interested. What would you give up? So to get the conversation going, I think a deal is going to have to be made in terms of players. It is going to be centered around Andrew Nimhard. Um, at least that's how I foresee it going down. I think, do I want to give up Nimhard? Absolutely not. But I think he is going to, he's a starter in the NBA and I don't see him starting at uh, over necessarily Benedict Matherin. I don't see uh, him starting over Tyrese Halliburton. You and know? I don't see the Pacers running three guard lineups uh, necessarily. I think they, I know they experimented a lot with it this year, uh, but it didn't win them a whole lot of games. Um, and I just, I don't think there's enough. I just, I just don't see a whole lot of uh, routes to be able to keep Andrew Nemhard on this Pacers team for too long. Um, I've, uh, we've talked about it in the group chat. I've drawn the parallels to Jalen Brunson. I think it's a very similar uh, situation, but now it's, it's funny because he developed a lot later in his career, whereas Nemhard's already looking really good uh, in his rookie year. Um, but I think he's like a late, late first, early second round pick. And I just when at a when you already have like your guy that you're going to build your franchise around playing the same position, it's a tough spot to be in. But I think eventually Nemhard is going to kind of either part ways with the Pacers. And so that being said, I think they are wise to deal him um, in a package where they can actually benefit before it's too late. And either he walks for nothing or people know he wants out or whatever, something else happens. So I think a package sur- uh, surrounded around um, Andrew Nemhard uh, because Toronto w- makes sense. They would want a point guard with Fred Van Fleet's probably on his way out. Um, you want a young point guard to build uh, around with Scotty Barnes. And then maybe they ask for Isaiah Jackson or Chris Duarte as well. And then you can you can argue about picks and that sort of thing from there, right, I guess. So, so what would be your first offer then? Because you're throwing out a lot here. I don't think the Pacers would throw all that out of their first offer. So just to get the negotiation started, what would you say? So to show them I'm serious, I think I'm probably talking Andrew Nemhard um at least or, or are we talking post draft like we don't have the 2023 picks on I mean, the table I, I don't think it has to be post draft we can say okay. pre-draft okay so say it's pre-draft um to get conversations going um i'm offering them uh our two late first round picks andrew nemhard and then uh i, I would probably start there Start there and see what they say. David, do you think they hang up the phone at that point? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know, maybe not. Because Nimhard is Nimhard's pretty interesting, especially with, with a position of need, unless they're going to try to resign Van Vliet. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. know. But, uh, yeah, it's tough because unless, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 if I'm Toronto, I probably would because you probably already know, generally speaking, you know they got offers for him right at the trade deadline Correct. you know they they have you know they have a general idea of what they can expect um we also i don't think i just tried it on the nba trade trade machine we we would have to take or we would have to lose more more salary even just to even have that trade work mm. um so we would have to give them somebody else so you know my thought was like you offer them like a Buddy Healed or uh, or Tice, probably or Tice. You know, just something to start the conversation off. 
and then see what they want and you quabble about picks and whatever else. Uh, I mean, depending on, on what they want, I would be willing to give up our, our number or potentially number seven, number eight overall pick, whatever that ends up being after the lottery um, for OG. I don't know if any, if everyone else would be, but that would be something that would be definitely. I do want to clarify in terms of just like other players and stuff. Uh, when like in this imaginary call, I'm saying essentially here's I like we think Engine Empire needs to be. I would assume that they want them. We have these picks. Um, yeah. What else is what else needs to be in this deal for us to continue these discussions? Because um, ob- obviously you want to keep their interest gauged. So I think in terms of like players, yeah, you can look at healed. But if they like, I we've talked about the fact that Isaiah Jackson fits there, like what Toronto kind of likes in terms of those long forward, like power forward centers. Um, so I, I did want to just to, to clarify sure. that. Yeah. 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 I think, I think where I would look at as I think I, it's gotta be one of Isaiah Jackson and, and, um, potentially even Aaron Neesmith. I think you could, mm-hmm. I had him on my list of players to potentially trade out. Yeah. I think that you could even make a deal like, Tice, Neesmith, Andrew Nimhard, the two picks that you mentioned, Carson. I don't think the Pacers are going to get rid of their top 10 pick. I would be kind of shocked if they did that for OG. I think if it was someone like Mikael Bridges, who's got a couple more years on his deal, then that makes more sense. But I think for OG, you know, they probably offered that pick potentially earlier yeah. this year. But now that they know it's seven and higher, probably. Yeah. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow to trade that, but I think if you look at next year's draft, you just trade that pick unprotected. You know, you're getting OG, and then is it maybe worth throwing another pick in there? Maybe a pick swap or two? Uh, if you gave them pick swaps for the next two years as well as the 2024 first, so you're talking a 2024 first, unprotected, a 25 swap, a 26 swap, and then the two picks from the Cavs and the Celtics. That's five picks that they can kind yeah. of play with here. Um, the swaps are a little bit interesting just because of how they're, how they're all about, um, you know, they don't really have control of it, but, um, I, you could do like a lot of reprotected or something like that, but I just think you're going to have to offer a lot. And maybe if you feel like Nimhart yeah. plus the unprotected 2024 is enough, then you just hang the phone up, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And we've talked about this too. Like what other teams are going to be offering stuff for OG and Anobi? What do they have that's more enticing? Um, a team that was heavily rumored was Memphis. And I know Carson brought up a great point in the group chat. It's like, well, Memphis's picks are going to be bad. Yeah. So even if you project their first round picks, they're going to be bad. But do they have more enticing players that they could trade? That's does, that's the problem, I think. Does Isaiah Williams make more sense to them than an Andrew Nimhart? Um, David Roddy. What about um, the who's the center that's out that's injured? I'm blanking on his name right now. Steven uh, Adams? The one oh, back. Uh, Brandon you know, Clark. Brandon, Brandon Clark. Clark. Yeah. So, I mean, you throw out some of these names and they might have better players than the Pacers have. So that's why you got to really like give them an offer they can't refuse because you want to make Tyrese as happy as possible. And if you're unwilling to part with stuff, you got to realize like Halliburton's only going to get better. He's 23 years old. Mattern's yeah. 21, I believe. Like you said, OG and Miles 25, that is your core. And you can continue to build around that, especially if you add your draft pick into it this year. So I would not be afraid to move off of any of my you know, assets outside of my top three. Um, even though I did mention that I would not give up Andrew Nimhart earlier <laughs> and it's a very hot take. I think because of the position that you need and because of where Nimhart is at, I was probably mistaken by saying that. Um, but I, I do think that 
I was overlooking the fact that I do think OG probably does opt into that last year of his player option. Yeah. So and a, a part ahead. of it also depends on like, do the Raptors want to rebuild? If they do, I think it makes sense for them to go with us. Mm-hmm. But if they want to try to reload somehow or and just replace Fred Van Vliet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Then maybe Memphis can give them more win now players, depending yeah. on who they're willing to give up. Tyus it, Jones is potentially the best backup point guard in the NBA, so yeah, he could. It make just depends on who too. they're willing to give up. If they give up Tyus Jones and then uh, uh, Zaire Williams or Tyus Jones and you know um, who is the center, Brandon, Brandon Clark, Clark yeah, yeah. you know, like if they can give up two or three of those players and then a pick. That's like tough to compete with if you're looking to reload and win like soon. Yeah. So it just depends on what what Toronto is looking for in terms of their their uh, their path or their plan for the future. But again, those like kind of like Alex mentioned though, when you start to get those picks involved, like because I think on paper, which it's tough to tell how much teams value picks whenever, because we like it, it feels like there's ups and downs as to how much picks will get you versus won't get you. Um, but at least on paper, when you see the headline that the Pacers. Uh, or a team, a mystery team, uh, offered them four first-round picks. It's like, we don't, again, we don't know what those picks are, uh, especially if it's pick 26, 29. Yeah. Um, like, I, like, honestly, like, if you were saying, what is my max? Like, what am I most willing to give up for uh, OG Ananobi? Like, the deal I'm shooting for, uh, and I'm not even saying this is the most uh, that I would be willing to give up, but the deal I'm shooting for like if they're if they're really like pressing you after like after discussions are being made is like is them hard i would i would be willing to give up a future first um it would be nice to be able to keep that early second rounder uh have that in there to kind of entice them a little bit more um these two firsts so then all of a sudden you're looking at four uh three firsts a late second uh or early second round and then and i would probably honestly go even maybe even one more pick swap okay yeah, I, I think that we all are in agreement. like this is an all-in move the Pacers should make. And I think this is one where you just swallow hard and you just deal with it. I mean, I know it sucks, but it's like you cannot continue to be like, oh, I don't want to give up a guy that, you know, was our fifth starter this year that, you know, we're not even really willing to give up on TJ McConnell because, you know, we like him so much. And we're not really thinking about giving Nimhard the, at least the keys to the second unit. Like, yeah, he can be a great point guard if you don't have – Halliburton, but like, 
how much longer can he expect to play in that role? And I understand that defensively he is huge, but you got to remember OG Ananobi is a stud defensive player that you're going to be able to make up some of that stuff too. And it's a different position and a position of need. So yeah, it's really interesting. I think that the Pacers fans and myself included, and probably the Pacers front office values Andrew Nimhart higher than I would assume the Raptors value him. But the question mark is, is Nick Nurse going to be there? Are they going to rebuild? What are they going to do? And I think that's the question mark, the million dollar question. And um, I, I think he's just got an affordable contract too that makes sense to go after as well compared to Pascal Siakam, who's making 37 million next year. So that's a lot of money to to come up with and match. But um, let's go ahead. I, I, that's our trade talk there. Let's go ahead and talk about this team. And so I told you guys, I gave you a list of players and I said, you can only keep two from this list. The list of players I gave you was Buddy Hill, TJ McConnell, Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, Aaron Neesmith, and Jordan Mora. You can keep two of those players. David, let's go with the first player you would keep out of that list. Oh, okay. The first player, because I, I kind of just immediately went for two together. I was like, these yeah. two are the people I want to keep. So if you said who is the first person you would take, I would probably go with Aaron Neesmith. Um, yeah. The potential defensive upside while also kind of fitting that the pace that we want to run with was and and having seen him do it sure there are other players that have the potential you think maybe they could or maybe they could you know maybe next year or maybe in a couple of years they could you know figure out how to polish off some of the um rust in their game and get to this place but Neesmith was was, was pretty good for us last year so I, i'm gonna go with him first carson are you in agreement that he would be the first person off the list here I, I had him in my two. I, I don't know if I'd say he's the first, but I had him okay. as one of my two. It's 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 tough. Like I honestly I think a good case could be made for almost every single one of these guys. Okay, yeah. He was easily for me number one. I didn't really have a hard time thinking about this one. I just think fit wise, able to play multiple positions, the way he's fit into this team, I think he's uh he's a really fun guy to root for and watch. Now, the second one was a harder one for me. Um, so I'm curious, Carson, who you had in this list as well. So it might be a pipe dream that he's going to like turn into something that maybe he isn't, but I think Isaiah Jackson is still, he's so young and I think yeah. his yeah. defensive upside in terms of, cause part of it, the way, the part of the way I'm looking at this is one, this is for next year's roster. We're not winning a championship. Sorry to break any Pacers fans' hearts. We're not winning a championship next never year. Never say never. Uh, Light the beam, baby. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> that kind of eliminated Buddy Heald and TJ McConnell for me because those are those are role players on a like contender or at least a playoff team, like a team that's trying to make a playoff run. I guess we, we'll probably be a playoff team. I, I think there's a good chance we could be in the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then at least in my mind, in tr- I – Maybe it was too harsh in how I looked, but that's how I looked at it. So that kind of left Duarte and Jordan Nora and Isaiah Jackson left. And Isaiah Jackson's just his rim protection. Um, I think again, he's he's twenty one. Like he's the same age Benedict Matherin is. Yeah, he's really young. Uh, he is twenty one years old, and he sure he's had like he cannot really shoot. He has some holes in his game, but he does a lot of things that come so naturally like uh, blocking shots that I feel like I want to keep him on this team moving forward. Um, and if other teams don't like value him the same way and he's not an issue to have around in terms of money and stuff, like at this age, at this stage in his career, 
Um, I think I, I, the biggest competitor here was Chris Duarte because he's another guy that I don't want to uh, give up on and look too uh, further deep into uh, like one bad season. But I do think that um, it's between Isaiah Jackson and Chris Duarte for me. All right, David. You want my other one or do you want me to give my thoughts on that? You can do both. Okay, so oh, sure, sir. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, see, Duarte and uh, Ajax were my three and four. Hmm. Um, I think that I don't know, maybe it's just a familiarity where I've seen them play for two years now. And I'm kind of like, yeah, they might get better. Duarte's the age wasn't a problem to me when we drafted him, but now that it's been two years of a lot of inconsistency, some injuries. It's not really, I'm not blaming him for it. It's been a lot of crap luck, but at this point, I'm like, we have so many guards. Um, he can't stay healthy and he's been a little inconsistent. Part of that is because he can't stay healthy. Uh, I'm not really going to pick him over a couple other people, Ajax being included. So I'd have Duarte at number four. Number three is where I'd probably have Ajax. And that, again, it's like, he, yeah, the potential is off the charts, um, but he has still so many issues to work through. And I don't know, depending on what we draft, if we have to power forward next year, then are you going to get rid of Jalen Smith? Because like, you, sure, you could say Jalen and Ajax are your four and five off the bench, but that kind of makes me sick. Uh, I'm not sure if that works. That They didn't, uh, you know, it's just, he, he's he's been, in some ways he's been a great fit for with Halliburton because of the lobs, the speed, but in other ways he's been a terrible fit because of the defense. And is he a four? Is he a five? Like what is he? I'm sure he can guard as they've been saying, he can guard anybody, all the, all five positions, you know, whatever, but. Show us then. Yeah, I'm like, do it then, please. Uh, and, <laughs> and he hasn't really shown to be able to fit very well next to all of our other big men. So he's undersized in some ways because of his how thin he is, but he also can't play the four next to like Miles and next to certain other people. I mean, can't is a strong word. We haven't seen that happen yet. We haven't seen that work yet. So it could be on him. It could be on coaching. It could be on whatever. But because of all those factors together, I'm not ready to put him at number two. I have Jordan War at number two. Okay. Yeah, this was tough for me. I, I actually went with Jordan War as well just because he's a wing with size that can shoot the basketball. Exactly. And the team defense obviously has to get better, but I think that's from everybody. And one thing you do like about him is he does uh, he does fit a position of need, but like KP talked about, it's a it's a much challenging, it's a much more challenging thing when you're out there playing against, you know, starter level players. I don't think he's a starter by any stretch of the ming. I still think Isaiah Jackson probably has the higher ceiling of all four. Um, yes. of all four of them. Yeah. And that's why it's really that's why I had him at three and I had Duarte at four. Killed at five, McConnell six. Um, if I was ranking the six of them in terms of like how I feel, because um, I, I, I do like Jordan Moore, but I don't want to get trapped into the Jalen Smith thing that we got trapped into last year. Because hearing us talk about Jalen Smith last year at this point, we were like, oh my <laughs> God, we have to bring him back. And like at this point, you could almost say that was a bad idea. Like the way it's played out, was it really worth the money we gave him? It wasn't much, but was it, could you have spent that money elsewhere to make more sense than bringing back another big? And even if they were, even if they don't keep Miles and trade him, it still doesn't make sense because they were going after DeAndre. So it's like, do we really think they would have fit together? No, and, and, and it never would have happened. So it never would have made sense. So that's where it gets really interesting. I didn't put Jalen Smith on this list either because I just figured eh, I don't think anybody really thinks he's someone to keep long term. But yeah, it, it's interesting. I did have some fans of the week on a couple of uh, episodes about two or three weeks ago. 
Um, and it was really a funny conversation because we talked about Neesmith and Warren, how much we'd pay them whenever their contracts come up. And it was, uh, I can't remember what we talked about, but it was, I think like 10 million and less for both of them, like per year. I, I think Neesmith might've been more than 10. I can't remember like 12, 13 is what I was thinking just because French starter, you don't know and salary and all that stuff. But um, I just want to go on a quick rant here about TJ McConnell. I understand the guy plays incredibly hard and i understand that he is a very fun player to root for as a pacer fan and i understand that he improved his three-point shooting i will give him credit for developing and, and growing in this in this year for sure what i don't like hearing and i'm just going to throw this out there jmv on the radio had on pacers general manager chad buchanan and he basically just said uh, jmv asked him he's like i think buddy Hield and tj mcconnell are pivotal for this team moving forward. They are essential. And while Chad did not commit to either of them, he did say TJ McConnell is the heart and soul of this team. Stop. That is a bit dramatic. The heart and soul of this Pacers team is Tyrese freaking Halliburton. It is not TJ freaking McConnell. TJ McConnell is a backup point guard that will get played off the court in a playoff series because he's too small. And we saw that already happen before. This is a guy that, yes, theoretically can be a good defender, but he's not a good on-ball defender one-on-one -on -one because they will abuse him every time because of his size. Yes, he does have some nice tendencies, but I get so sick and tired of the front office selling our backup point guard as the heart and soul of the team. That is not the heart and soul of the team. The heart and soul of the team is freaking Tyrese Halliburton. What are we doing? You can't just sit here and say that Tyrese is going to be helping make front office decisions and then say McConnell's the heart and soul. No, he's not. He's a little engine that could. That is what he is. He's the fun guy that fans can relate to because he feels relatable because he looks like a lot of the fans, okay? But he's not the heart and soul. And I'm sorry if I'm, I'm ticking anybody off, but I don't even care. I just think we got to get out of this mindset of like, oh, love the little guy that over overcame his weaknesses. No, you are building a, you're trying to build a championship level team. I'm sorry, TJ McConnell is nothing close to the top five, top six of your championship level teams. Let's quit feeding into this. BS to get the fans excited about a, a bench guy when clearly that's what he is. If he was so good, if he was the heart and soul of this team, he would have started a lot more games. The only time he really felt like the heart and soul of this team was when the games didn't matter and he was out there trying to showcase them. I mean, I'm sorry for my rant, Carson, please calm me down because I just thought that was like, it was, it was more just like GM speak on the radio, but it just annoyed me to hear that being preached to the fans. Yeah, I'm really glad I didn't choose uh, T.J. McConnell for one of my two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have said it anyway. <laughs> I mean, come on, heart and soul. Uh, are we? Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I think, especially when you have the type of leader that Tyrese Halliburton is, I think like maybe we're looking too much into the quote. Uh, I don't know, but uh, Ty, you're totally right. Tyrese Halliburton is the heart and soul of this team. He's so he's. You can talk about the on-court stuff, but even the off-court stuff, like you go to, mm -hmm. you watch yeah. those Pacers games at the end of the season, the way Tyrese interacts with each and every one of those guys, like Tyrese Halliburton is the type of guy who like, I would be shocked if he wasn't uh president, vice president of the Players Association one day. Like that's kind mm -hmm. of like the career trajectory I kind of see him on as being that uh, really well-regarded uh, player that's respected by almost everyone across the league. Um, so I, I think you're totally right. And, uh, I, and it is frustrating, honestly, kind of to go to watch some of these Pacers games. And like, although we didn't end up getting burnt, uh, by that wizards coin flip, 
uh, it is like when you have a game where TJ McConnell just like wins the game for you and it's and, and it's kind of like his career I shouldn't say he's on the line because he's an established NBA player like he he is an NBA player but when he's like winning you games and you're uh, and it's kind of like at the expense really of the maybe of the trajectory of the franchise in some small ways it kind of does sting a little bit and it's hard to like and again you're totally right like the whole idea of getting behind a player because of his attitude. I love what he brings to the game. I wish more players had that mentality. Um, yeah. But Tyrese well, Halliburton is the heart and soul of the team. J- just tying it back to Rick Carlisle's Mavericks, it'd be like saying J.J. Barrett is the heart and soul of the team when you have Derek Nowitzki there. Yeah. No, he's not. He is a good energizer. He's the energizer bunny. He's a little engine that could, like I said earlier. He's he's not he's not the heart and soul of the team because if he's the heart and soul, you're not winning any games. That's what. Look at the the... Uh, trust the process Sixers. That's when McConnell really became popular in the league. I mean, that's that got him an opportunity to play elsewhere because of putting up numbers on a team that was trying to lose. David, anything else you want to add to that? I mean, go. I, I think it's a good listen, but that 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 answer annoyed me. Yeah, that would be something that would stand out to me as well. Uh, it, it's tough because you got to respect McConnell, and I think that like, yeah, he's done all. He's done. He's done. He's been better this year than I ever thought it was even possible. Um, and at one point he led the league in steals, right? So like he he's had a good career. It's just like it is frustrating to feel like sometimes the uh, GMs and you know Pritchard and other and Buchanan and other people in the in the front office, um, they kind of want to do both. They want to like give these young players opportunities but you know we can't get rid of buddy healed and tj mcconnell and these veterans because they just mean so much to the team and it's like i understand how that the you know you don't want to be callous and just cut people because they're a veteran but like you do need to give at some point these young players the throne for lack of a better term you know you what you know we made bathroom ride the bench all year long just because buddy healed was on the team and you know that may not end up being a problem in the long run um but at the same time, it's like, do we need to do that? Like, what do we get out of that? We got probably a couple more wins than we would have had. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the long run, does that matter? You know, for this season, it probably dropped us a, a one or two draft positions by you know McConnell going off a couple games and and Buddy Heald starting most of the season over over Matherin. Um, and that may not matter. That may not matter at all. But we don't know that right now. Um, it turns on the ping pong balls, but so you know, just that whole thought process of trying to like they said last year, you know, we're going to do this whole like they didn't call it a rebuild, but you know what I mean. Uh, going to do this whole rebuild thing, going to do the youth movement thing, and then we just didn't really totally commit to that. And it ended up being okay. We're going to get a, a nice high draft pick, and, and it may not matter, but at some point, it's like, when are we going to just be like, no, yeah, this is Halliburton's team and Matherin's team and Miles Turner's team and whatever, whoever we draft it with the top. I'm gonna just put it into existence. Top, top seven pick, whatever, uh, ends up being, you know, that. Well, at some point we need to give those guys the keys to the kingdom and like really stop preaching the 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 buddy healed, DJ McConnell stuff. Yeah, I think it gets old after a while. I mean, I understand yeah. their importance to the team, but let's be honest. You know, you only go as far as your best players take you, and you're not getting to the playoffs if Buddy Hield and TJ McConnell are. You know, the guys are starters your, or well, even in your top seven players rotation wise. Yeah. I mean, you might get to the playoffs with them there, but come on, you're not going very far. Um, we wouldn't, reason. we wouldn't get to the playoffs with them being right. just because 
you know, yeah, sure. If the Lakers had Buddy Hield and he was he's their top seven, like yeah, that helps them a lot because they have superstars on their team. Yeah, and we have one that one player that might be a superstar pretty soon. But you know, that's the thing is like for somebody else, Buddy Hield is going to be a great asset. He's an incredible three point shooter, and he's good at a lot more than just that too. It isn't about him being bad. It's about us not needing that right now. You know, where we are is not where he should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it isn't even about him or about McConnell necessarily. It's they could really thrive in a in a situation where they're helping a team, you know, win a couple of playoff games, but that's not where we are right now. Totally agree. So let's go ahead and wrap this section of the podcast up, obviously. In part one, we talked about the draft, and we talked about free agency, and then in part two, we just talked about trades and the current roster, and now we're going to close this out with a Toy Story draft, looking at drafting our starting five based off of the toys, and we did a random spinning of the of the names, and I got the first pick, Carson has the second pick, and David has the third pick, so we'll be going in alphabetical order draft-wise here. It will be a snake draft, so let's just jump right into it. If you guys are ready, Carson, are you ready? I'm ready. David, are you Born ready? ready? Let's do it. Okay, so I have the first pick, and I am in a pickle here because I'm not sure who to go with. Part of me is saying, and I always overthink, part of me is saying it's clearly Woody. He's the sheriff of the town. Pick him first. But he's kind of flimsy, and does he really seem like he'd be an athletic player? I don't know. I feel like Buzz, to me, has more athleticism to him, and he's got a laser on his arm. He could blind people. Um and if people are annoying him, like if it's uh, if you're going to the bubble, all you got to do is put his mask on or put his uh, cover on, and he doesn't worry about he doesn't worry about breathing anybody else's air in, so he can you know, avoid COVID that way. I just think that that's a that's a, a nice little factor there. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't there one Toy Story movie where he speaks in Spanish, or is that the other Buzz? No, he speaks in Spanish. He gets his, yeah. He gets like his mode turned to Spanish mode. Thank you. That's what I thought. So he is bilingual if he wants to be, and he can communicate with multiple players. So for that reason alone, for the first pick of the Toy Story draft, I'm taking Buzz Lightyear. I'm glad that you, uh, that you made my decision for me. Uh, I feel like having the first pick was going to be hard. Um, So with the second overall pick in the 2023 Pixar draft, I'm going to take Woody. Um, I, I think I, I guess first I didn't, think too hard about the whole laser and like all the gadgets that everybody <laughs> has um but i think i think uh i'm not too worried about woody's uh flimsiness i think that's what people would have said about modern centers back in the 70s and 80s i think if they saw today's game they'd say that uh these guys are too flimsy so i think i can see woody being a really good either a traditional four or a good modern five i uh i agree i actually had woody at as my number one and buzz is my number two for that reason but yeah i i actually have woody written down number one on my big board but i changed once yeah. i got the pick it's it's victor it's vic versus scoot i mean uh, yeah <laughs> yeah <Is> it? <laughs> <laughs> all right david who you got uh, i think you're both overlooking someone who is uh probably at, at worst as good as as woody and in toy story 2 uh she showed a lot more athleticism than Woody did. I'm going with Jesse. Yeah, Jessie that's a great is like, thing. Yeah, like I think that I think that she could play probably several positions depending on her actual height. She's like basically as tall as Woody, I think. And um we see her in um 
the chicken man, I can't remember his actual name, the chicken man's like apartment, like jumping and spinning around the same way that Buzz did in, in the first Toy Story movie, doing things that I would I would assume would translate pretty well onto the basketball court. So that would be me, my number one pick. Um, and with my number two pick, coincidentally, my number three and number four on my big board um, would be Bo Peep. Specifically, Bo Peep from Toy Story 4, uh, a little bit more uh, active. You know, obviously, she's more involved in, in that movie. So she's a little bit more active and has an outfit that's a little bit more conducive to uh, to, to, to being athletic and being a basketball player and that kind of thing with the, <laughs> the pants instead of like an actual dress. It'd be pretty hard to play in a dress. Um, and if she gets to keep the staff, then you can just like yank players out of the way, you know, like, I mean, come on. I like, guess like, it's not even fair. Like she, that's like a moving screen, I guess. I don't know. Like, just, like you clear the way for Jesse and Jesse just drives to the hole. Uh, so that would be my, uh, my, my one and two there back to back going with, uh, not intentionally, but going with two women that I think, uh, I think would be good to good together. All right. I, I, I like the Jesse pick a lot because Jesse's feisty. There's no doubt yeah, about that. For sure. And, She's not afraid to challenge somebody. And Bo Peep, you know, she's sweet, but she'll get you with that hook. I mean, look at Woody's neck. She's taken him down a few times. And could she be a distraction to Woody when he's playing? And could Jesse be a distraction to Buzz when he's playing? So, you know, them women that could be taunting those boys that were picked first and second. But Carson, let's go to you <laughs> here with your second pick. Man, I feel like I'm in a pickle because I have great ideas for picks, but like I don't know what y'all's big board looks. Like. I haven't seen I haven't seen the mock. Were drafts. you hinting at something with pickle there? No, I'm not actually. Okay. Uh, um. So, man, this is tough because I have I, there are some people who I think might be sleepers, but is it is it is five? Well, are we, take a are we all gonna are we all gonna say are we all gonna agree it's a sleeper? And then yeah, you know, that's you know, that's true too. That's true yeah, too. Like if you think he's a sleeper, but we don't, you can wait. But if yeah. you all think he's a sleeper, you should get him now. You know. Yeah. Whatever. So I, uh, I got a risk just because he's a, he's a fun pick. He's a fun pick. I can sure. see him playing that uh, '80s style basketball, and I'm going with Duke Kaboom. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty good. I had him lower but i think it's still a good board. pick he was he was 14 on my board so that's okay. really funny duke kaboom but... is a nice pick um yeah he's got a lot of swag to him okay so let me see here at number six might seem like a bit of a stretch but i'm going with slinky uh he's Not long a he, he, yeah. he, he is a stretch but the pick yes. is on the stretch. <laughs> I, I mean he's loyal to the toys he's got the longest wingspan of anybody i guess or the biggest torso of anybody i mean the guy can stretch all the way across the court for crying out loud so fast breaks with slinky could be very problematic for everybody else i would say he's probably a stretch four is what i would call him he's got a roller coaster after him as well so we're really getting into this here um now my next one this is where it gets really tough there's a couple ways i could go with this but Oh, man. Would you consider Buzz more a two or a three, Carson? I would consider him a three. He's like he's like a Grant Williams glorified. Okay. So I need a – I've got a four and I've got a three, so I need a guard here. Um, This is probably a bit of a stretch here, I think. Sorry, I keep saying that. I'm just kind of all over the place. Um, but I need a leader. And, oh, man. I, I'm going to go with Sarge. As my point guard, I feel like he's going to 
be able to lead the troops. Um, we know that he's uh, not the greatest uh, lookout, but he's a decent one. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll go with Sarge, um, the one that was given all the information on uh, Christmas Day to the toys, so they knew it was coming. So we'll go with Sarge. So my my I'm back up at eight. You're back up at number eight. That's correct. Yep. All righty. So I feel like, man, again, someone who I don't know what to expect in terms of when they're going to get drafted, but I feel like I, I'm still in the lottery, top 10 pick. I think you got to go best available. And because of that, I'm going with Zerg. A villain. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't put him and Buzz on the same team. There'd be a lot of fighting in the locker room. Evan no, Turner, Lancey. You know, the father and son, though. That's true. They made that oh. weird thing. <laughs> so what do you like about Zerg? I can see Zerg being he's very dynamic. I mean, if we're if we're talking about all the bells and whistles, Zerg's got a lot of bells and whistles. Um, like you said, he's not he's not afraid to play the villain. Um, I could also see him in Woody being my Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Oh, um, but uh, not but is that better than Kobe? For what? <laughs> Greatest of all time, Tim Duncan or Kobe? I'm taking Kobe over Tim Duncan. All right. Oh, yeah. Casual. Keep on. Yeah. Let's move on. Next pick, David. I don't even want to hear this anymore. <laughs> so I'm going way off the wall. This per this uh, character was my number five on my big board. Okay. And we're at my number nine. This is from Toy Story 3, the toy named Stretch. This is the purple rubbery octopus toy. This dude's playing point guard for me. He's an octopus. Like, need I say more? His yeah. name is Stretch. He's rubbery arms. He can start to stretch out just like Slinky, but he has eight arms. And Slinky has those two little dog arms that are just short little flappy arms. So I think Stretch is someone that uh, that is being way undervalued here. But um, that is going to be my my next pick, number what, nine? Are we at nine? That was nine. nine. Yeah. So that's number nine. After that, I don't really have like a big man. And mm -hmm. anyone with any kind of size, um, I guess he's as tall as Woody. So I guess if Woody could play center, she could probably play power forward. And I probably have Bo Peep at like two, the two. Yeah. So then I want to go big, and I want to go like just big bully. So I'm going Lotso as my center. Nice. And I don't know that anybody can can keep up with Lotso size wise. He's just going to be down low like Shaq against all you guys, and just like turn around and just throw it down. Does Zerk oh. have any chance against Lotso? <laughs> I don't know. Size wise, I think he I does. Think I think so. he has a chance, but if I Zerg alone, I think Zerg's Zerg, a point guard. If like, Zerg alone doesn't, if Zerg alone doesn't, I think, I mean, I feel like Zerg and Woody, but I feel like my Twin Towers might stand a chance. Woody is like size wise, though, you like in, like in canon, like I'm pretty sure Lots are a lot bigger than Woody. <laughs> That's it. Just a nod. You know, it's really great for podcasts, Carson. <laughs> Anyway, Carson, you're up with your uh, fourth pick. My fourth pick. So David took a lot. So okay. So with I need some athleticism. I need some. Uh, I need a guard probably at this point. I'm going RC. He can get out in transition. He can run. Mm -hmm. He can move the ball. I think he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna set the pace, if you will. Yeah. Hey, I would I have taken. That. I would have taken RC if someone had taken. If someone had taken stretch for some reason, but I kind of knew nobody would probably take stretch because. Yes, stretch. I was really actually just considering RC for mine, 
So I'm a little bit bummed with that. All right. I've got a couple of different ways I can go here. Um, Part of me wants to take Rex. I know that he's got small arms, but he's a little bit taller. He's got that tail. Um, If he had Mr. Mike, he could scream in the microphone and scare everybody. But uh, I'm going to take Rex here at number four for me. And then to round it out, um, I've already got my point card. This is tough. Oh, man. Where do I go with this one, guys? I'm I'm all over the place. We're just going to go with uh, the the... They've got three eyes. I'm going to go with the aliens. We'll 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 pick one of them, I guess. They've come in a pair of three, so I don't know if that's really fair to pick all three together, but uh, <laughs> I'm just going to put the aliens on my list because I feel like, you know, uh, they've got uh, potential, mm-hmm. and they, they seem a little bit more agile than you think. Yeah. Carson, last strength pick. In numbers, strength in numbers with the aliens. Um, with my final pick... I am going to draft from Toy Story 2. I'm going to draft the wrong Buzz from oh, okay. the Toy Store with the utility belt. He does. He's not. He's not Buzz. He's not as good as Buzz Lightyear, but he gives him a good fight. And uh, so I he I needed a small forward, and and I, I like him at the three. All right. So what do we right. what do we call him? Faux Buzz. The wrong buzz. I, mean, they, I call they, him the wrong yeah, buzz. They, that's they, what he they, says. He says you've got the wrong buzz. You got the wrong buzz. Yeah. So that's the right, Woody. All right. So, <laughs> man, uh, the last pick of the whole draft is oh, there's so many people that haven't been picked yet. It would feel like, I mean, I guess it can be totally transparent. I have some really off the wall picks like Ducky from Toy Story One, the uh, the um, like duck with the spring and plunger. Yes, yes. Uh, as a as a as like a bottom, and he has this big like muscular, beefy like yes arms. Um, I mean, he's springy. He's probably quick, but I don't really need. Uh, like I think that like Bo Peep and Stretch kind of cover my my quicker short you know uh, guard positions so i'm looking for something a little bit more than that and i think that someone is kind of in between a little bit more of a facilitator besides the fact that it would be a shame if this person didn't get picked out of 15 toy story characters i'm gonna go with bullseye i think that he needs to be taken um and you can say oh he doesn't have hands well i mean he uses his his hooves his hands um a lot and he's just going to be more of the, he's going to be more of like helping you he can set screens he can uh you can he, he can ride on his back and go faster down the court and fast breaks i mean all kinds of good options there for bullseye plus like come on we have to take bullseye he's a great character so yeah um i don't know if you guys well let me ask you this you guys wanna... like one to five like position wise I, I try to. I try to get the five best players that I could to as well. Yeah, same. Uh, that made some sense. I will I will ask you this since Lincoln's not here and he was supposed to be a part of this. Do we want to go another round and get a sixth man? Oh, a sixth man. Okay. I mean, I can. For, for the draft. Carson? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Do Lincoln, I go back so to back, back still? Or? You're back to back. Yeah. So you're back on the clock. Okay. So I'll just take Ducky then. I think that's that's like a fun pick. It's a off-the-wall cookie character. He comes in, brings a lot of energy. He can get some alley oops because of that spring on his butt, and just hop up there and catch the ball. You know, like that—that's that's fun to me. I'm down for that. All right, Carson. So my sixth man, I have an interesting choice. I could, I have a couple interesting picks that I could go with, but I, I had to get creative. I need, I'm gonna go with an enforcer. 
in case in case I do end up uh playing David in the fi- in the Pixar finals <laughs> and say Lotso is just too much for me to handle for my sixth man off the bench I'm going with big baby oh, there you go oh, okay. big baby is scary yeah there you go there. it's like the pelicans mascot right <laughs> kind of yeah actually <laughs> Big Baby yeah, is an interesting one. Carson is coming uh, with some interesting takes here. I, there's people I didn't even write down, like the faux, faux buzz. I just I felt like it was just not fair um, <laughs> to put him on there, but I'm not going to criticize you for taking him. Um, for me, I'm going to go similar to what David did, and I'm going to take one of Sid's toys that he created. Oh, okay. And I'm going with Babyface with the claws. Yeah. Um, this, to me, reminded me of Kawhi Leonard. Just because all over the place, like those those little ways that he can crawl, it feels like could really be impactful. The other person I thought about taking, but I wonder if they're just a little too small, is Rocky Gibraltar. Yeah, yeah. Rocky's, Rocky's Rocky's pretty muscular, so yeah, he definitely would have, would have been was in my top twenty if we needed twenty players. I would have taken him somewhere a little bit lower, but yeah. he's on my list. He might give you he might give you a. Uh, I'm seeing shades of Desmond Bain there. Yes, that's true. Oh, uh, let me ask you this. Another person I thought about bringing up, which I didn't draft, but I guess I'm still on the clock. I haven't officially made my pick. I guess I can change it. Roller Bob. Oh, I didn't think about him. Skateboard, muscular upper body. Could be really quick in transition. I think I'm going to change it. (laughs) I'm going to go Roller Bob as my last pick. Nice. Love it. Smaller, and we're going to be able to put the aliens on Roller Bob as we're running down the court. No traveling that way. Just running. We're just we're just changing it all up on everybody. <laughs> there you go. So uh any honorable mentions though that I didn't mention. I mean Mr. Potato Head didn't get taken. Or That's ham pretty rough. With the oh, ham. I mean, ham though. Ham. Yeah. He's just too short and stout and little stubby arms. I mean, it's just like for, for basketball. But Mr. Potato Head with his longer arms, he's just, yeah, I guess I had him in my, in my top ten. He was I number just, seven on my board. I just didn't pick him. <laughs> yeah. I think I think one that two that you got to look at from, in my opinion, granted, you can you can get into the nuance of uh, how many do you get, but barrel of monkeys is intriguing yeah, for yeah, sure. sure. That means swarming. If you have a barrel of monkeys uh, <laughs> at the top of your zone harassing the on ball, can you imagine? That is brutal. Full, full court press with the barrel of monkeys. That is that I, I wouldn't want to play that. Um, that's going to be tough for anybody. So that the barrel monkeys was going to be my maybe dark horse i considered it but i didn't want to push the envelope in case i found out that i drafted the barrel of monkeys and then i only had two monkeys in the barrel so i didn't take them uh the other honorable mention is was one of sid's toys but i wasn't totally sold uh was legs though with the yeah the hook and the fishing pole i don't know it's a little out there but i think i could see legs being a good free agency mm. sign yeah. yeah, I'm surprised, David, with your t- first two picks being girls, you didn't stay that route and go with Barbie. I thought you might yeah. go that route. See, the thing is, is like, yeah, that, that's fine. But the, if I went like all women, I would be done before six, probably. I think I don't. I'm not sure if there's enough. Mrs. Uh, Potato options. Head. I guess you go Mrs. Potato Head. Yes, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's at least four or five. Um, but Barbie didn't really do anything to give me any reason to think that she would be good on the basketball court in the movies at least this version of barbie in toy story yeah. two and uh, uh, the three i know she's in two and three isn't she it's so both um so Same with ken i wondered if he would be interesting yeah it also felt weird to pick a toy that's not that didn't originate true in this you know what i mean i wanted to more give honor to these 
characters like Stretch. Yes. <laughs> that everyone knows and loves. That was a great pick. That was a great pick. I had great, him pick but, great pick, but no one knows him. So, I mean, I'm sure some, some people know him, but, like, you know, I didn't know him by name. I had to, like, look at what his name was. So, uh, I, you know, it's it's a weird thing because you're, you're not just picking best character. You're picking for a basketball team. So that's kind of a weird, weird twist on it. Yes, I'll throw out a couple of the names that I had on here that I didn't mention. Um, I did have Etch-A-Sketch, just in case I need to drop a play. It would be nice to have a coach. Give me your six-man and never go in. Yeah, yeah, or my coach. That's that's your that's your uh, two-way that's your two-way signing is Etch. Yeah. Yes, I, I like that. I thought about I thought about Twitch. Um, yeah. Okay. Sparks the robot. Sparks, yeah. Mister Pickle Pants, which I thought Carson might go. That's funny. Uh, Trice and then Combat Carl was my last person on Combat my list. Combat Carl, yep. So a lot of names all over the place, but I thought this was a fun little exercise. We were going to do just Pixar characters, but there's so many Pixar characters that would have been hard to narrow down. So just doing Toy Story was uh, that. So um, Carson, go ahead and read off your team. David, read off your team, and then I'll read off my team. So at point guard, I have RC running the break with alongside Duke Kaboom at shooting guard. Uh, running up the floor with him, the wrong buzz using his verticality, and then down low at the four I have Woody, and then at the five I have Zerg. Okay, David. Yeah, for my point guard, we're going with Stretch. My shooting guard was uh, Bo Peep. My small forward was Bullseye. Jesse was my power forward, and then my center was Lotso, with the uh, six man being Ducky. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that's a the, the ducky pick is a fun one because ducky's very scary looking. <laughs> uh, very. Oh, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't mention my uh, my six man. Sorry, big baby. Was yeah, my big baby's a pretty crucial to that team, I think. Yeah, big big baby should probably be a starter. <laughs> uh, if we're being honest, um, but yeah. it, it, like, just, just pure it depends. It depends on the matchup. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So for me, for my point guard, I got Sarge. My shooting guard are the aliens. My small forward's Buzz, my power forward is Slinky, and my center is Rex. With my six man being Roller Bob, we're just going to change the pace of everything when he comes in the game. So that is that. But everybody, this has been a very lengthy episode of Setting the Pace. So thank you all so much for joining us, sticking around. If you stayed this long, my God, bless you very much. It was a lot of fun talking Toy Story, talking Pacers basketball, two of my favorite things in the world. But um, with that being said, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Setting the Pace 3. I'm at Alex Golden NBA, 5G's at underscore F A C C I. We're on Facebook and on TikTok at Setting the Pace. You can find us on YouTube at Setting the Pace of Pacers Podcast, where we put up the last two episodes. Make sure you guys check those out over there. Caitlin Cooper conversation, and of course, our top 10 trade targets. And of course, subscribe to the Substack. In the pace podcast.substack.com. I keep saying it every episode, it's eventually going to happen. There will be content out there eventually. So just be on the lookout for that. But with that being said, Carson David, you know how we end this show. So if you're excited for the future of the Pacers, then hit me with those three words Let's, Let's go, go, Pacers! Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team.